Hello and welcome to this episode of Paideia Ponderings. I'm Dr. David Stanton, the headmaster of Oakdale Academy in Waterford, Michigan. Pleasure to welcome you. On this episode, we are going to start the process uh, of thinking through what, uh, what does make America such a great land. And that is becoming less and less a popular thing even to say. And uh, I think we should start uh, with a little bit of rhetorical uh, maneuvering by wondering why people think it is not such a great land or not such a great land any longer, or perhaps some might even argue it's never been a great land. So we'll take issue with uh, that and and those concepts. Um, But uh, we want to just start focusing on that, and we're going to do so uh, against a certain backdrop that we'll, uh, we'll go into and explain uh, in this episode of Paideia Ponderings. As always, thank you for your support. We thank those who are supporting the show and for those who um, just pray for us in classical Christian education, for those who are generous uh, repeatedly to us financially, and always take this opportunity to solicit your prayers uh, for those of us at Oakdale and those of us in the classical Christian movement. And as you are able and only as you are able and uh, desirous to do so, we would ask for you to consider uh, supporting and donating to Oakdale Academy or supporting the show. You can find out the information to support the show in the show notes, and you can find out how to support Oakdale Academy. There's a little button right at our webpage, oakdaleacademy.com, and uh, you would be able to do that. And thank you so much for your generosity. With that, we will launch into an understanding of what makes America great. Well, welcome back to this episode of Paideia Ponderings. And as I mentioned, we are going to spend some time um, talking um, about what does make America such a great country, what makes us exceptional. And I said in the intro that we're going to start, at least in a rhetorical sense, by answering the question, why do people think we are not great? What makes us, in some people's opinions, uh, not exceptional? And part of this is is driven, just for background, um, by by a couple things, and I, I want to lay the backdrop here. Um, it is uh, it is early September, two thousand twenty one. Uh, the United States has uh, exited uh, Afghanistan. Uh, all American troops, we are told, <clears throat> for the first time in twenty years, are out of Afghanistan. Sadly, it seems that we have not been able to <clears throat> bring out all of uh, our own citizens. Uh, and certainly not all those uh, secure or special, pardon me, immigrant visa or SIV people uh, that were seeking um, visas and or asylum in the United States or in other uh, transient country uh, spaces. Uh, That's part of the backdrop here. Uh, The other part of the backdrop is we are approaching in the next few days the 20th anniversary of the attacks of September 11th, 2001. And speaking of the second, I'm, I'm reminded that 
every student at Oakdale Academy was not born on September 11th, 2001. Uh, none of them were um, were born yet. Uh, and those of us who, who were alive and, and able to understand, at least in part, what was going on, will never forget uh, that dark Tuesday morning. And even as the documentaries start coming out, the interviews with uh, George W. Bush, when he was, uh, as he was obviously president on September 11th, and, and all the other folks that were um, were involved with the immediacy of what was going on there in New York, and at the Pentagon, and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and over the skies of the country, and then the follow-on um, attacks in October of that year uh, on Afghanistan that began what we're now being reminded was America's longest war. Um, those are important backdrops. Uh, the other backdrop certainly is is the last year and a half and the upheaval of our society globally as well as specific to the United States. And over the past year and a half, let me just uh, remind us by painting a little bit of a picture, not only are we coming up to the 20th anniversary, we're talking about uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. We had an exceptionally contentious election and election season in 2020. We had the incidents of January 6th of this year at the Capitol building. We had the civil unrest, the riots, the violence of the summer of 2020. And we throw a pandemic uh, in the midst of it that seems to continue to linger um, and, uh, and, and all that goes with that. I mean, there's so many things. It seems a, a moment doesn't go by without a Fox News alert uh, anymore. And part of that is just the, the, the reality of the world that we live in and the 24-hour news cycle. Um, but part of it has, has really, I think, made us question, uh, as a country, are we still great? Are we still that wonderful city on a, sh on a hill, that shining city on a hill um, that was a concept, certainly is a scriptural concept uh, that we're reminded about uh, by the Lord, but, but then you know, the, the Puritans charged uh, early settlers to this land, that that is what this new land should be. And then famously, Ronald Reagan as well talked about the shining city on a hill that the United States was and should continue to be. And so again, I want to frame what, um, what that looks like today and do the opposite here. Um, you know, despite the, the hardness of the last uh, the last year plus, I, I would argue, still very much are an exceptional nation. We still are the beacon of freedom, uh, the 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 light of liberty, the the Statue of Liberty holding aloft that torch, uh, still shines brightly around the world. But not everyone, not everyone feels that way. Not everyone uh, around the world, and not everyone even in the United States. And during a, during a recent trip uh, to Virginia, and it didn't even need to be during a trip to Virginia, this has become national news uh, recently, that the uh, Department of Education for the Commonwealth of Virginia uh, released on their YouTube channel, apparently, uh, a video um, where uh, the, the, the whole concept was around how students should be taught and explained and what discussion should take place around the 20th anniversary. 
And um, the person who gave the, the, the talk was an American University School of Education uh, lecturer named Amara DeCure. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name, but um, this lecturer, uh, Amara DeCure, um, shared that um, talking about, I'm going to use some of her quotes, uh, and I'm, I'm reading from a, a media source. It said that we should, when we ask students to, quote, stand and condemn 9 11 uh, in a performative way, that would be, in her words, highly inappropriate. She also suggested teachers use extremists as the term rather than terrorist, as that might cause bullying to Muslim students. Um, she says, again, her quote from this video, I choose to use the word extremist, uh, extremists, pardon me, and I use this based on the scholarship of other scholars and activists in the community that we use this word to describe the perpetrators of the crimes associated with 9-11. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad at least that she will recognize those are crimes uh, on 9-11, but it's this, it's this continual kind of parsing of words. And words are important. Words mean a lot. They mean a great deal. Um, but let's not parse words that don't need to be parsed. Let's not deal with things that really need to be defined um, any other way. Uh, these were acts of terror. We had a global war on terrorism. Um, we rooted out terrorists. Um, were they extremists in many of their views? Yes, I think we're we're beginning to see what the Taliban is is really capable of as they regain control of Afghanistan and go door to door. Uh, apparently, I, I've heard in a recent news story that they're going door to door, uh, checking phones to see if there are Bible apps and persecuting, uh, likely murdering Christians. They're telling women to stay inside their homes. Th these are extreme views um, to us, but those who perpetrated 9-11 were not just extremists, though they may have been. They were terrorists. They were looking to instill terror in us. Now, if that means that certain people look differently, I, you know, that, that is unfortunate, um, and, and that, that should not be the case, but we need to call these people what they were, which were terrorists. They perpetrated crimes. They killed over 3,000 Americans and citizens from around the world. They unleashed terror. They're terrorists. Um, unfortunately, she continued and warned that teaching American exceptionalism would result in consequences. Uh, we should instead focus on our shared humanity. She said that the years in, in a slide that was captured on, on their YouTube channel for the Virginia Department of Education, this year's 20th anniversary, reading right from the slide, uh, commemorations will likely result in heightened risk of racist discourse, threats, and violence targeting Muslim students in schools and society. Educators are well positioned to disrupt these risks by centering the socio-emotional needs of Muslims in their commemoration plans. In other words, we need to be more concerned about how Muslim students feel about the commemoration of 9-11 rather than commemorating the loss of life on 9-11. Now, please, please hear very clearly. There is no space, there is no room uh, for attacking, uh, be it verbal, 
via be it physical for attacking people because they believe something different than us or because they belong to an ethnic or religious group uh, that has members that carried this out that, that is that is absolutely 100% wrong it goes against the grain of what we are called to as Christians but shouldn't our focus really be on remembering what actually happened on 9-11 and, and there are just certain facts about 9-11 uh, Islamic extremists, Islamic terrorists, again, to make sure we use that term, Islamic terrorists chose to hijack planes, to murder people on the planes, and then to murder the rest of the people on the planes and on the ground and in office buildings and in the Pentagon to inflict as much death as they possibly could. Those are facts. It's, it's not a matter of trying to make people uh, feel better. It's just facts, but it goes to a it goes to a bigger picture that she said we we need to talk about humanity rather than American exceptionalism because that has consequences to it. Um, she said, and again, quoting, "We are also not going to reproduce what's understood as American exceptionalism. This understanding that America is a land at the top of a beautiful mountain, and that all other countries, nations, and people are less." than America, end quote. Um, we're, we're not, as Americans, saying we're better than anyone else or than everyone else. We are, though, saying we are an exceptional land. Look at the accomplishments of this United States. For 245 years as a nation and extending past that to the to the early settlers in the early 1600s many exceptional amazing things have happened in this land um you can just talk about technology whether it was in the industrial revolution or in the last century or in this century the amazing gains in technology many driven by american ingenuity you can talk about the taming of the West through the rugged individualism of the cowboys and, you know, the traders and the, um, the explorers from Lewis and Clark um, with, with, the help of, uh, with the help of American Indians all the way through um, that period of history. You can talk about our struggles that continue to shape us and make us exceptional. We fought a civil war in the 1860s, when we struggled as what our national identity would be, and we still struggle with what our national identity is. That doesn't make us any less exceptional of a land. Instead, we are hearing things such as this lecturer who said, so we're going to begin with a common understanding of our shared humanity, regardless of our national, racial, linguistic, or religious origins. I wholeheartedly disagree. Whether people like it, whether people dislike it, whether people can't stand it, or whether people like me would celebrate it. This land was founded primarily by Christians who would embrace a Judeo-Christian, Greco-Roman, Western heritage. And those are the things that propelled this civilization, this country, forward. Um, you know, we're... We recognize that that is how we were founded, and those were the, the general concepts and basis 
for who we are as a land and who we are as a people. As opposed to, this lecturer says, we're not going to reproduce a false assumption of Muslim responsibility for 9-11. We're just going to begin right there and name that there is no responsibility, and therefore we're not going to try to use this space to try and untangle this. Do not use this day to amplify the extremists themselves, and don't use the day to amplify their acts on 9-11. You named what happened, and that's it. Um, that's not it, with all due respect. The, the people responsible for it were Muslims. It's the same as saying there were Christians who made poor choices and chose to go on the Crusades and murder people. There were Christians who entered into the slave trade. These were wrong acts. Does it paint every Christian that way? Does this paint every Muslim as a terrorist? No, it simply says what happens. But it goes back to a common misconception about our lack of exceptionalism. To be exceptional, I would argue, means that you rise above your shortcomings. You rise above your mistakes, your errors in judgment, uh, your sins, and you continue to grow. You continue to seek that which is good, that which is true, and that which is beautiful. That's really our national struggle is that we continue to do that. We continue to move towards what our framers of our Constitution said in the preamble is a more perfect union. We realize we're not perfect. We realize we still have to struggle to it. But in so struggling, we are the beacon of freedom. We are the light of liberty. There's a reason that that American flag, when it flies in a foreign country, means so much. There's a reason all of those people who worked for the United States in Afghanistan worked for us. And there's a reason they were all trying to get to Hamid, Hamid Karzai International Airport to get out. And it was not only because they knew what was going to happen to them likely once the Taliban regained control. It was because they knew how life was different here in America. And you know, many of them, many of them, because I, I knew a few of them, Many of them were, were residents and some gained American citizenship after the Soviet Union had invaded Afghanistan in the 80s. They returned to Afghanistan to serve their former country because they wanted it to be uh, another beacon. They wanted to uh, reproduce some of what was going on and what they had enjoyed and celebrated about the United States. You know, one of the marks of exceptionalism is that people want to reproduce what you have and who you are as a people. Again, we are not a perfect people. But we were a people 20 years ago and a nation 20 years ago that was attacked why were we attacked? Why did these terrorists, why did they choose to attack the United States? Why are we called in many places the great Satan? Is it because we're not exceptional? It doesn't seem to make much sense when you look at it from that viewpoint, does it? Are we attacked because we are a beacon to the rest of the world? that would reject outright 
the way that groups like Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, and so many others that we hear about in the news today would would reject themselves? Or is it because um, we are an exceptional land, because we stand for liberty, for individual rights, and for freedom, because we take to heart the words of our ancient uh, documents, because we believe that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We believe that we, the people, are the ultimate authority in this great nation, and that we, the people, have formed a constitution. And we believe not, as a whole other podcast, not in a democracy, but in a representative republic, where we elect our representatives to be our voice, not theirs, to be our voice and to do our will for us to ensure that the course and direction of our country reflects the course and direction of its citizenry. America is a great land. It is an exceptional land. It has problems, undoubtedly, and it always will. We live in a sinful world. But we are still the hope as a nation for so many other peoples around the world. Regardless of what people want to make September 11th, it was an example of our exceptionalism that was under attack on that sad day 20 years ago. And as we pause and reflect and remember, we should honor the memory of those lost by continuing to be just that, continuing to be exceptional, continuing to rally around our flag, continuing to ensure that we are striving to form a more perfect union in all that we do. As Christians, we should do so with a very clear directive to honor God in how we do that and to make sure that we are aligning our involvement in politics, our involvement in our government, our involvement as citizens in line with our faith to help return our nation back to an even more exceptional frame of mind and outlook when based on the great teachings of Jesus Christ, the Judeo-Christian heritage, and the Greco-Roman tradition that will continue to make us even more exceptional and continue to help form that more perfect union. With that, thanks for listening to this episode of Pi Day of Ponderings. Thank you for um, your support, and thank you for continuing to pray for this great United States of America. Well, welcome back to this episode of Pi Day of Ponderings. And as I mentioned, we are going to spend some time um, talking um, about what does make America such a great country, what makes us exceptional. And I said in the intro that we're going to start at least on a rhetorical sense by answering the question, why do people think we are not great? What makes us, in some people's opinions, uh, not exceptional? And 
part of this is is driven just for background um, by by a couple things, and I, I want to lay the backdrop here. Um, it is uh, it is early September, two thousand twenty one. Uh, the United States has uh, exited uh, Afghanistan. Uh, all American troops, we are told, <clears throat> for the first time in twenty years, are out of Afghanistan. Sadly, it seems that we have not been able to <clears throat> bring out all of uh, our own citizens, uh, and certainly not all those uh, secure or special, pardon me, immigrant visa or SIV people uh, that were seeking um, visas and or asylum in the United States or in other uh, transient country uh, spaces. Uh, that's part of the backdrop here. Uh, the other part of the backdrop is we are approaching in the next few days the 20th anniversary of the attacks of September 11th, 2001. And speaking of the second, I'm, I'm reminded that every student at Oakdale Academy was not born on September 11th, 2001. Uh, none of them were, um, were born yet. Uh, and those of us who, who were alive and, and able to understand, at least in part, what was going on, will never forget uh, that dark Tuesday morning. And even as the documentaries start coming out, the interviews with uh, George W. Bush, when he was, uh, as he was obviously president on September 11th, and, and all the other folks that were were involved with the immediacy of what was going on there in New York and at the Pentagon and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and over the skies of the country, and then the follow-on um, attacks in October of that year uh, on Afghanistan that began what we're now being reminded was America's longest war. Um, those are important backdrops. Uh, the other backdrop certainly is is the last year and a half and the upheaval of our society globally as well as specific to the united states and over the past year and a half let me just uh remind us by painting a little bit of a picture not only are we coming up to the 20th anniversary we're talking about um, the withdrawal from afghanistan we had an exceptionally contentious election and election season in 2020 we had the incidents of january 6th of this year at the capitol building we had the civil unrest, the riots, the violence of the summer of 2020, and we throw a pandemic uh, in the midst of it that seems to continue to linger um, and, uh, and, and all that goes with that. I mean, there's so many things. It seems a, a moment doesn't go by without a Fox News alert uh, anymore, and part of that is just the, the, the reality of the world that we live in and the 24-hour news cycle. Um, but part of it has, has really, I think, made us question, uh, as a country, are we still great? Are we still that wonderful city on a, sh on a hill, that shining city on a hill, um, that was a concept, certainly is a scriptural concept, uh, that we're reminded about, uh, by the Lord, but, but then, you know, the, the Puritans charged, uh, early settlers to this land, that that is what, this new land should be. And then famously, Ronald Reagan as well talked about the shining city on a hill that the United States was and should continue to be. 
And so again, I want to want to frame what um, what that looks like today and do the opposite here. Um, you know, despite the the hardness of the last uh, the last year plus, I, I would argue we still very much are an exceptional nation. We still are the beacon of freedom, uh, the 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 light of liberty, the the Statue of Liberty holding aloft that torch uh, still shines brightly around the world. But not everyone, not everyone feels that way. Not everyone uh, around the world, and not everyone even in the United States. And during a, during a recent trip uh, to Virginia, and it didn't even need to be during a trip to Virginia, this has become national news uh, recently, that the uh, Department of Education for the Commonwealth of Virginia uh, released on their YouTube channel, apparently, uh, a video um, where uh, the, the, the whole concept was around how students should be taught and explained and what discussion should take place around the 20th anniversary. And um, the person who gave the, the, the talk was an American University School of Education uh, lecturer named Amara DeCure. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name, but um, this lecturer, uh, Amara DeCure, um, shared that um, talking about, I'm going to use some of her quotes, uh, and I'm, I'm reading from a, a media source. It said that we should, when we ask students to, quote, stand and condemn 9 11 uh, in a performative way, that would be, in her words, highly inappropriate. She also suggested teachers use extremists as the term rather than terrorist, as that might cause bullying to Muslim students. Um, she says, again, her quote from this video, I choose to use the word extremist, uh, extremists, pardon me, and I use this based on the scholarship of other scholars and activists in the community that we use this word to describe the perpetrators of the crimes associated with 9-11. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad at least that she will recognize those are crimes uh, on 9-11, but it's this, it's this continual kind of parsing of words, and words are important, words mean a lot, they mean a great deal. Um, but let's not parse words that don't need to be parsed. Let's not deal with things that really need to be defined um, any other way. Uh, these were acts of terror. We had a global war on terrorism. Um, we rooted out terrorists. Um, were they extremists in many of their views? Yes, I think we're we're beginning to see what the Taliban is, is really capable of as they regain control of Afghanistan and go door to door. Uh, apparently, I've, I've heard in a recent news story that they're going door to door, uh, checking phones to see if there are Bible apps and persecuting, uh, likely murdering Christians. They're telling women to stay inside their homes. Th these are extreme views um, to us, but those who perpetrated 9-11 were not just extremists, though they may have been. They were terrorists. They were looking to instill terror in us. Now, if that means that certain people look differently, I, you know, that, that is unfortunate. Um, and and that, that should not be the case. But we need to call these people what they were, which were terrorists. They perpetrated crimes. They killed over 3,000 Americans and citizens from around the world. They 
unleashed terror. They're terrorists. Um, unfortunately, she continued and warned that teaching American exceptionalism would result in consequences. Uh, we should instead focus on our shared humanity. She said that the years in, in a slide that was captured on, on their YouTube channel for the Virginia Department of Education, this year's 20th anniversary, reading right from the slide, uh, commemorations will likely result in heightened risk of racist discourse, threats, and violence targeting Muslim students in schools and society. Educators are well positioned to disrupt these risks by centering the socio-emotional needs of Muslims in their commemoration plans. In other words, we need to be more concerned about how Muslim students feel about the commemoration of 9-11 rather than commemorating the loss of life on 9-11. Now, please, please hear very clearly, there is no space, there is no room uh, for attacking, uh, be it verbal, via be it physical for attacking people because they believe something different than us or because they belong to an ethnic or religious group uh, that has members that carry this out that, that is that is absolutely 100 percent wrong it goes against the grain of what we are called to as christians but shouldn't our focus really be on remembering what actually happened on 9-11 and, and there are just certain facts about 9-11 uh, Islamic extremists, Islamic terrorists, again, to make sure we use that term, Islamic terrorists chose to hijack planes, to murder people on the planes, and then to murder the rest of the people on the planes and on the ground and in office buildings and in the Pentagon, to inflict as much death as they possibly could. Those are facts. It's, it's not a matter of trying to make people uh, feel better. It's just facts, but it goes to a it goes to a bigger picture that she said we we need to talk about humanity rather than American exceptionalism because that has consequences to it. Um, she said, and again, I'm quoting: "We are also not going to reproduce what's understood as American exceptionalism. This understanding that America is a land at the top of a beautiful mountain, and that all other countries, nations, and people are less than America." end quote. Um, we're, we're not, as Americans, saying we're better than anyone else or than everyone else. We are, though, saying we are an exceptional land. Look at the accomplishments of this United States. For 245 years as a nation, and extending past that to the, to the early settlers in the early 1600s, Many exceptional, amazing things have happened in this land. Um, I, you can just talk about technology, whether it was in the Industrial Revolution or in the last century or in this century. The amazing gains in technology, many driven by American ingenuity. You can talk about the taming of the West through the rugged individualism of the cowboys and, you know, the traders and the... Um, the explorers from Lewis and Clark, um, with with the help of uh, with the help of American Indians, all the way through um, that period of history, and talk about our struggles. 
that continue to shape us and make us exceptional. We fought a civil war in the 1860s, and we struggled as what our national identity would be, and we still struggle with what our national identity is. That doesn't make us any less exceptional of a land. Instead, we are hearing things such as this lecturer who said, so we're going to begin with a common understanding of our shared humanity, regardless of our national, racial, linguistic, or religious origins. I wholeheartedly disagree. Whether people like it, whether people dislike it, whether people can't stand it, or whether people like me would celebrate it. This land was founded primarily by Christians who would embrace a Judeo-Christian, Greco-Roman, Western heritage. And those are the things that propelled this civilization, this country, forward. Um, you know, we, we're, we recognize that that is how we were founded, and those were the, the general concepts and basis for who we are as a land and who we are as a people. As opposed to, this lecturer says, we're not going to reproduce a false assumption of Muslim responsibility for 9-11. We're just going to begin right there and name that there is no responsibility, and therefore we're not going to try to use this space to try and untangle this. Do not use this day to amplify the extremists themselves, and don't use the day to amplify their acts on 9-11. You named what happened, and that's it. Um, that's not it, with all due respect. The, the people responsible for it were Muslims. It's the same as saying there were Christians who made poor choices and chose to go on the Crusades and murder people. There were Christians who entered into the slave trade. These were wrong acts. Does it paint every Christian that way? Does this paint every Muslim as a terrorist? No, it simply says what happens. But it goes back to a common misconception about our lack of exceptionalism. To be exceptional, I would argue, means that you rise above your shortcomings, you rise above your mistakes, your errors in judgment, uh, your sins, and you continue to grow, you continue to seek that which is good, that which is true, and that which is beautiful. That's really our national struggle, is that we continue to do that. We continue to move towards what our framers of our Constitution said in the preamble is a more perfect union. We realize we're not perfect. We realize we still have to struggle to it. But in so struggling, we are the beacon of freedom. We are the light of liberty. There's a reason that that American flag, when it flies in a foreign country, means so much. There's a reason all of those people who worked for the United States in Afghanistan worked for us. And there's a reason they were all trying to get to Hamid, Hamid Karzai International Airport to get out. And it was not only because they knew what was going to happen to them likely once the Taliban regained control. It was because they knew how life was different here in America. And you know, many of them, many of them, because I, I knew a few of them, Many of them were, were residents and some gained American citizenship after the Soviet Union had invaded Afghanistan in the 80s. They returned to Afghanistan to serve their former country. 
because they wanted it to be uh, another beacon. They wanted to uh, reproduce some of what was going on and what they had enjoyed and celebrated about the United States. You know, one of the marks of exceptionalism is that people want to reproduce what you have and who you are as a people. Again, we are not a perfect people. But we were a people 20 years ago and a nation 20 years ago that was attacked. Why were we attacked? Why did these terrorists, why did they choose to attack the United States? Why are we called in many places the great Satan? Is it because we're not exceptional? It doesn't seem to make much sense when you look at it from that viewpoint, does it? Are we attacked because we are a beacon to the rest of the world that would reject outright the way that groups like Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, and so many others that we hear about in the news today would would reject themselves? Or is it because um, we are an exceptional land, because we stand for liberty, for individual rights, and for freedom, because we take to heart the words of our ancient uh, documents, because we believe that we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We believe that we, the people, are the ultimate authority in this great nation, and that we, the people, have formed a constitution. And we believe not, as a whole other podcast, not in a democracy, but in a representative republic, where we elect our representatives to be our voice, not theirs, to be our voice and to do our will for us to ensure that the course and direction of our country reflects the course and direction of its citizenry. America is a great land. It is an exceptional land. It has problems, undoubtedly, and it always will. We live in a sinful world. But we are still the hope as a nation for so many other peoples around the world. Regardless of what people want to make September 11th, it was an example of our exceptionalism that was under attack on that sad day 20 years ago. And as we pause and reflect and remember, we should honor the memory of those lost by continuing to be just that, continuing to be exceptional, continuing to rally around our flag, continuing to ensure that we are striving to form a more perfect union in all that we do. As Christians, we should do so with a very clear directive to honor God in how we do that and to make sure that we are aligning our involvement in politics, our involvement in our government, our involvement as citizens, in line with our faith, to help return our nation back to an even more exceptional 
frame of mind and outlook when based on the great teachings of Jesus Christ, the Judeo-Christian heritage, and the Greco-Roman tradition. That will continue to make us even more exceptional and continue to help form that more perfect union. With that, thanks for listening to this episode of Pi Day of Ponderings. Thank you for um, your support, and thank you for continuing to pray for this great United States of America.